Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsessions will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a while. Hey, welcome to the dark forest. I've decided to make this a dork expedition because it's Brian Peck and I'm in his house and... Let's talk to him briefly about his name. Are you related to Gregory Peck? I'm not related to Gregory Peck. Okay, I take that back. I'm related to Gregory Peck in a very strange way. Yes. I am not uh, blood-related. Okay. Uh, but I will tell you, one time about 15 years ago, yes. um, I was having some um, hemorrhoid issues. Oh, good. And I found myself for the Welcome first... Welcome to the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The first... Yeah, we get, let's get to the hemorrhoids right off the bat. <laughs> uh, I found myself for the first and only time, uh, thank goodness, right. at a proctologist. Ah. At a uh, fancy proctologist in Beverly Hills. No less. Yes. And in the middle of the exam, and you can picture oh, what that means. We can leave it at that. He says to me, uh, do you work in the film industry? And I said... Why uh, in yeah. the middle of in the middle of the hmm. I think maybe this is a doctor whose bedside manners have casual conversation <laughs> while he's anally invading you exactly. to make you more comfortable. I call it the big poke. Uh, anyway, uh, which has lady... nothing to do with ahi tuna. <laughs> uh, I don't think. Oh. So anyway, he asked me, "Are right, you work in the film industry?" And I said, uh, "Yes." And um, and then he said, "Are right, any relation to Gregory Peck?" And I said, oh, no, no, I'm not. But I'm a big fan. It'd right. be nice to be related to Gregory Peck, but I'm not <laughs> in any way. At which point he said, oh, he's a patient of mine, too. Which made me immediately think, well, I am related to Gregory Peck. The same man has had his finger up both of right. our butts. His finger and your butt and Gregory Peck's butt. Yeah, exactly. A couple episodes ago, we were talking about anal bleaching. Have you had that done? I have not had that uh, n- done. Now it's just a random poll I'm taking no. for people. Me neither. No. Me neither. I, I'm a big I fan of I would not of say natural. random poll... <laughs> And anal <laughs> bleaching in the same sentence. <laughs> All right. So I walked into your house and I was going to set up the gorilla kit because eventually, initially I was like, come over to the house. We'll talk about the fact that you own the lawgiver. Spoiler alert. Man yes. owns the lawgiver. Yes. Okay. So I walk in. As well as many, 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 many other uh, uh, Planet amazing. of the Apes related items. Ken Daly, friend Making of your gorilla kit even more uh, uh, Right, right. Monkey reference. Well done. Planet of- Somebody said it was a... It was a- the ape forest is what I've entered, except for it's more than that, because you still have it decorated for Halloween. It's a week and a half before Thanksgiving. I think it's still valid. I uh, do, too. Because you, you go until the next holiday, I say. I think it's still the fall. It's right. still autumnal. It is autumnal. Um, you, got, you got a bat hanging up. Now, is that bat full-time? That's not a full-time bat. That is not a full-time. That's a one-time I know it's bat. strange. If you don't, if you've only come to my house during Halloween, yes. my house is weird enough that you look around and think, hmm, I wonder if that's only out for Halloween right. or if that's a year-round uh, item. Right. And I, it's, like it's the a row valid of question. the Satans, the Devils and the Satans. Those are well, just now, for the... Now, Jack, you make it sound like you've entered like the House of the it, Devil. It's masks, though. It's masks. <laughs> they are classic, let's get dorky, classic Don Post. Don Post version? Don Studios, Universal Studios, classic monster masks from the 60s. And so they were used in the films? They were not used in the films, but they okay. are they are But they are created by the prop guy. They are Don they are created by 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 Don Post. Well, not all of them are, but that's right. a, that's a mummy, that's the mummy, that's Frankenstein, Phantom of the Opera, Creature of the Black Lagoon, <laughs> the Wolfman, oh, and then we have a couple nice. of a couple of invaders here, which is that's a zombie mask, but this was actually from a film I was in Return of the Living Dead. Right, you were that in was, Return of the Living I Dead. I was. Yes, I was in Return of the Living Dead. And this was one of People. the one of the zombie masks the background wore. The- 
What, what I'm doing here just Satan. is a dork luminary. You, sir, <laughs> when the dork forest, there are rangers of the dork forest. Me, with my initiative roll at what, about 17. So, you know, it doesn't, well, that's not true. It's a plus seven. Okay, so, but uh, but I like, but to come here and to see, because they're real things. They're, it's just amazing, is they what are. I'm telling you. And then, this is what inspired the dork expedition. Yes. I walk upon, and I will put a, I will put a picture up of of the my home address of your and home the address. hours I'm not home and the <laughs> right, code and the code to, to, to my alarm. That'll yes. be fantastic. It's a, I do like that you live in Van Nuys because I too live in Van Nuys. Jackie, I'll have you know I live in Valley Glen. That's right, Valley Village. <laughs> Glen. Glen. No, Valley Glen. Oh, is it a Glen over here? Oh, well, I don't know. There's when a block I moved, and a half that's When really... I bought my house yes. uh, low 18 years ago. Oh, nice work. I will... We bought at the top of the market because we're shrewd like that. Oh, don't do that. No, I bought at the bottom of the market. <laughs> nice work. Which is why my mortgage payment is less than my friends who have studio apartments. Right. And I laugh and I point you at them laugh often. And laugh <laughs> And then you let them stay here in between jobs. <laughs> I do. And then I let them stay <laughs> here and crash on my floor. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, yes, when I bought my house, it was, in fact, Van Nuys. I will admit Admit that. Okay. Uh, but a few short years after I moved here, the this area, the gentrification of my area, I became part of Valley Glen. Right. And we, we received a mailer, um, uh, an Alerting informal you? survey. Well, letting us know that they were going to change the name right. to help with the property values. Okay. Uh, and here were the choices and we should vote. Oh, as to what to call it? Yeah. I don't remember all of them, but I remember some of them. Was one of them Camelot? No, oh Remember boy! When we wanted the whole valley the was valley? going to be called Camelot. I know it. I kind of wanted it. Well, kind of. Yeah, I could have had it's mixed like feelings. It's like Tarzana. I mean, the thing is, is now everyone nobody thinks Tarzana is anything. But <laughs> no, Edgar Riceboroughs lived there, exactly. and it became Tarzana. And Miles O'Keefe was in one of the episodes of Tar- one of the Tarzan movies, the one with the uh, right. The Bo Derek one. The Bo Derek one. See, I was hoping that I would be famous enough as Scuzz from Return of the Living Dead to just name this area Scuzzland. <laughs> or Scuzzville. I'll call it Scuzzville. Okay, great. All right. Uh, my neighbor three doors down when I moved here was Dave Madden, a.k.a. Reuben Kincaid from the Partridge Family. So I thought we should name it Kincaidia. I thought it was a good name. Oh, that is some dark crap. Either that or Kin- abandoned, abandoned Shopping Cart, California. <laughs> right. There is some good work being done. Right. Uh, uh, I live deep in Van Nuys where uh, a Ford Explorer was on fire behind my house a couple of nights ago. Uh, yes. Not nights ago, months ago. That's called heat. And it's heat. In that but area. It's, it's also, it means that the, the, the Starbucks won't be coming anytime soon, oh, is what it no. means. We will not be gentrified anytime quickly. You know, I always refer to Victory Boulevard, yeah. which is, of course, just about a half mile north of where I live. Right. As the border. Oh, it is kind of. Yeah, I call that the border. And when a Starbucks went in up there on the border, mm-hmm. I, I thought, well, we've pushed the border about well, another, 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 half mile. another big light. Yes. <laughs> Possibly up to Van Ellen. Yes. And, uh, but I'll tell you, uh, the, I used to live right around here when I, when I, um, and my friend Karen Rontowski said, cause she lived right across the street, got me that, got me the apartment, 400 bucks a month. You gotta oh, love that. Sure. It was a, it was just a box with another box. It was essentially a living room with a one bedroom. <laughs> it was a one bedroom, but it had off street parking. And, uh, and it was, and it, and the, granted, the alarm system was that there was one of those cactuses in front of the, in front of the window. <laughs> you know, one of those cactuses that, uh, sometimes the, uh, the Mexicans who just immigrated here will come and chop down because they're going to cook it. Oh, oh I thought of, you were going to say, what kind of cactus is that? I thought remember? you were going to say that they were going to like, carve their initials into it. Oh, I always enjoy car- cactuses that have, have graffiti cards carved into them. Oh, I have not seen the oh, cacti with Oh, well, you haven't lived until you see cactus <laughs> with graffiti carved in it. All right, we're standing in front of an amazing fo- uh, painting. It's a painting, right? 
It is a painting. Is it oils? Is it it's, acrylic? It's acrylic on board. <laughs> I want there to be a tiny thing, like a like a, <laughs> like, a on board. like a museum thing next to it. I know, I know. Like well, when you, well, when we make our way out to the Planet of the Apes Museum, you'll yes. see that I have, in fact, typed up little cards yes. that go next to the items. Thank God. And but this is the Planet dorky. of the Apes at a tiki bar. This is the Planet of the Apes at a tiki bar. This is, a, this is an incredible artist who goes by the name of Shag. S-H-A-G. His real name is Josh Agle. Right. Agle. A-G-L-E. Okay. And all he's done is simply combined the uh, first two letters of his, uh, the last two letters of his first name and the first two letters of his last name, Josh Agle, and, and turned into Shag. Shag. And he slightly predated the whole Austin Powers craze. So he wasn't really, it wasn't like he was copying like, right. he, you know, oh, Shag, because, yeah, Shagadelic. Oh, right, I mean, right. he was just being yeah. Shag. And he didn't, and it looks like this probably predates the whole uh, celebration of the Planet of the Apes. Like he might have early, like well, he just loved it. Yes, what happened was he, um, you know, he does these very kind of colorful retro style because it looks like a sixties ad. Is that what? Yeah, I'm it's thinking? very kind. Of, it's very kind of like sixties advertising art or jazz album covers yeah. or you know those that IPA studios. I'm I'm just talking really obscure crap now. Oh yeah, no, it's perfect. But uh, he, um, yeah, so he loved that kind of stuff, and I stumbled upon a show of his at the lovely Lee. I got it. Okay. Um, uh, gallery. And, uh, he just, you know, he painted like bachelor pads and tiki bars and, you know, hell and, 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 and hell. Yeah. And I, one of the pictures that at that first gallery show I saw, it was literally like a recreation of the last supper. Yeah. But instead of Jesus in the center of the table, it was Dean Martin. And then all of the apostles okay. were all. Wow. Liquor mascots, oh, like the Ham's Bear, <laughs> and you know the like Johnny Walker Jack and Jack Dan. Yeah, it was okay. really great. Oh, so wow. I just I was like, this guy is awesome. Yeah, and there, lo and behold, was a bar scene, some yeah. type of tiki bar. Yep, with all sorts of different people populating mm-hmm. the tiki bar, but sitting at the last stool is Gorilla General Ursus from Beneath the Planet of the Apes, and I was like, okay. I don't know who this guy is, but we need to be friends. Right. And I need to own one of his paintings. I'm in love with him retroactively. Well, there you go. Exactly. um, So I just thought he was awesome. So I did some investigating, found out who he was, and I ended up, you know, starting to collect some of his paintings. Right. Back when I could afford them, which I no longer can because he's become very popular. Right. And when was this? This had to be 10 years ago or more? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was like... um, More like 12? Yeah. More like 12, 13 years ago. But anyway, this painting you were staring at right now is when he did, in fact, paint for me. And all I said to him, he did. I I finally said, I need you to do a painting for me. I said, I don't want to be too specific because I obviously love what you do without my help. I said, but here are the two things I will say. Um, The first time I saw your work, (laughs) I fell in love with the fact that you painted tiki bars. Because I enjoy tiki bars. Mm -hmm. As I stand here talking to you with my original Disneyland Enchanted Tiki Room Hawaiian shirt. Just went to that for the first time. The first time? Yeah, that might distract you. Move on to this, and wow. then we'll get back to it. Okay. I'm not, I'm not I didn't convinced. mean to distract. I'm not convinced you're American. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, yeah, so I said that you did a painting that was in a tiki bar. Yeah. Uh, which I loved, and I now own about four of your paintings, and none of them have anything tiki in them. Right. Um, and in that tiki bar painting, there was a character from Planet of the Apes. I said, so that's it. That's all I'll say. Right. I said, you can go as crazy with that theme as you want or right. as minimal with that theme as you want. So and he it, had never done tiki bars to your knowledge. Oh, no, he had. 
Okay. No, he had. He had. I I had seen several of his, uh, oh, his okay. tiki bar paintings. I just right. didn't, I didn't have one. Oh, fair enough. And it was one of the things that attracted me to his mm-hmm. work. So I just said, um, you know, do what you want. And he chose to go whole hog, which now I'm very glad he did. And um, he literally this is painted a tiki bar as it would exist on the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> as you can see, Dr. Zayas is drunk and passed out and on the floor. And passed out on the floor. Yeah. And it's lovely just... Nova in her loincloth is a cocktail waitress. Yes, yes. And Cornelius is a bartender. Mm-hmm. And General Ursus is one of his soldiers are sitting at the table. Uh, he explained to me that, of course, that he would say that they're drinking banana daiquiris. Banana daiquiris. Yes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And, uh, and then you see, because he knew I owned the big giant lawgiver statue, yeah. that he went ahead and put a little mini lawgiver statue on the bar. Oh, my God. It is so awesome. I can't even express to you <laughs> how great this I'm I'm digging picture of it and what did i do with the uh the camera what did i do with it there it is okay it's gone into safety mode but here's like you have another one that is more sort of an elvis movie kind of situation yeah it's sort of like an elvis movie if they were like you know the shivas and uh you know hindu (laughs) gods right right because it's an elvis film yeah four arms yeah they have four arms and he has four eyes and but then uh, there's a cat and they're crazy cat and there's a crazy black cat and then I, I, I'm fascinated by what we're talking into in that thing in your hand. This is an H4 Zoom or a Zoom H4N. And it is really the, the best. They're using it for movies now. You, I'm, just to completely record Really? All it's the amazing. Yeah. You, it looks like you ripped it out of Dr. McCoy's hand. I know. And it does look a little bit tricordery. It really does. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> right? And then yeah. uh, and here's uh, the devil eating some cornflakes. There's the devil eating cornflakes. That's awesome. That one is entitled Cornflake Connoisseur. Excellent. Uh, are okay. we continuing on to look? Yeah, at let's thing? let's continue. Now, don't describe the fact that I didn't even didn't even bother to make my bed for your visit today. I, I you didn't know I'd be following this closely. So, no, I didn't realize. <laughs> I didn't realize you were going to be opening all of my drawers you and looking a giant at, tiki. Well, this is so. My this is my bedroom. Okay, um, and as you can see, I collect tiki objects. Yes, and dust. And dust. I have, a lovely, I have a lovely dust collection. I enjoy that. Um, that's my underwear. It's clean. Okay. Uh, it just came out of the laundry. Excellent. But, um, this is, no worries. Yes. Yeah, so my bedroom is sort of, it's basically the enchanted tiki room, a, uh, you know, a la Disneyland. Right, right. Holy criminy. This is amazing. Including some actual tiki room drummer guys from the enchanted tiki room. Now, these you... are production, these are designs from the enchanted tiki room. Okay. And that's actually, you know, a bird from the enchanted tiki room there. So. Oh, right. Is that one of the old animatronic birds? It's not actually animatronic, but it was, it was molded and cast out of the original mold. Oh, fair the, enough. Fair enough. Okay. Yes. And then I have a giant cart tiki that was carved for me by a wonderful tiki carver named uh, Tiki Diablo. Tiki Diablo. Yes. His name is Danny, but he goes by Tiki Diablo. Has, I will link it in the notes. Yeah, he has a great website. And he carves, hand carves these beautiful tikis. And I'm very, very fortunate. I don't know anything about the... I mean, all I know was that, obviously, Disney is celebrating the tiki. But what does it mean? It means nothing. It's it's really? It's all, really, when it comes right down to it, complete um, horse dookie. Oh, is um, the fabrication completely it's, it's made? It's really... I mean, listen, obviously, yes, if you go to the South Seas, yes. there was definitely some, you know... Tiki car, tiki s carvings, and of course the beautiful heads on Easter Island and right. all of that. But really, truly, like sort of tiki culture as we know it, yeah, is just a complete made up thing for <laughs> restaurants for restaurants that were built in the late fifties and early sixties, and really wanted to sell some. Yeah, and it had to do with a lot of people who you know in the during the war 
were stationed in the South Seas and in the Pacific. Right. And, of course, brought back a lot of that kind of culture. Right. But then we sort of, as Americans, did this whole Disneyfication of South Seas culture and just created yeah. tiki, which just really, create- honestly, is – which I love. I love, right. the, I love the fact that it's really ultimately meaningless <laughs> and that it's just it a fun, goofy it worth, thing. It makes it worth more worthwhile. Oh, it's much cooler. It's, it's less it's, – I think it's more positive than collecting those old ads uh, with uh, with black people who are like, do you want some work? Then you got to be yeah. that guy. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know. Yes. Well, I, and so- I prefer it to that, but that could just be me. <laughs> uh, no, part of it for me was that I – you know, I'm a child of the 60s. Right. And I grew up in um, San Diego, California, which oh, is a lovely, nice. lovely place, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. San Diego because of the military navy influence, right? And of course, being on the coast, yep. Um, San Diego had a tremendous number of like you know tiki themed restaurants and tiki themed bars oh. and tiki. Have you ever been to Hawaii? Oh yeah, well, yeah. I, I love, should imagine I love that you would dash out to Hawaii because um, that's what I think of when I think of. Tiki. Yeah. Am I, am yeah. I going the wrong? Am I going no, the right direction? No, not at all. Okay. No, th- no absolutely, right okay. absolutely. Uh, if you're thinking of Hawaii and or a goofy tiki bar yes. or Adventureland at Disneyland, <laughs> that's pretty much tiki culture. You know what I didn't get to try it when I went to the tiki? Because people are like, "What do you mean you've never been to the tiki?" Thing? I know. I'm still I upset. Went. There's some sort of pineapple whip that I was supposed to have. Oh, that the I didn't dull have. pineapple yeah, whip drink. It. Oh, yeah. it's delicious. Yeah, I'm told it's excellent. it's like a cloud. Is it like a? <laughs> it's cloud? like a delicious a sweet pineapple cloud. But uh, what's so, the, yeah. so the shield is just another. Uh, you know what? It's like all, you got a couple it's, of shields. It's all and... tomfoolery. Um, <laughs> but here's awesome. the thing that I think is interesting about it, and this is why we're on the Dork Forest. Yep. This is actually dorky. Mm-hmm. There's a company in Whittier, California. Okay. Called Oceanic Arts. Yes. They are still a thriving business. They've been in business since the 50s. Okay. Uh, it is owned by two guys, Bob and Leroy, who still own it, still run it, and are still there every day. And they have are, to be in their 80s. They got, I don't, they're not young. Right. Um, but they're very vibrant, viable, fun, gentlemen, ter- terrific sure. gentlemen. And they are the guys who basically manufactured and made all of the tiki crap, and I say crap lovingly. Sure. All of the tiki crap that was made for any restaurant or bar pretty much in the world okay. that had any kind of tiki or South Seas theme. They also, in fact, made a lot of the stuff that's in Adventureland and Disneyland. You would think all of that was fabricated by Disney Imagineers. Right, right. And quite frankly, they just purchased a whole hell of a lot of it <laughs> from Oceanic Arts and Whittier. If you have nothing better to do with your day... On people, often, it happens. I tell you, get in your car, drive to Whittier. <laughs> drive to Whittier? Go to Oceanic Arts. The place is a hoot. Is it an open to the public it kind is, of place It is, absolutely. It's like a big, items? large warehouse space. Okay. Wander to the back and watch Leroy, who inevitably is back there carving some sort of tiki item. Awesome. They're just, it's just great. And, okay. And, and either buy yourself some cool big tiki thing or a mug or Right. Does whatever. Whittier have tiki bars? Are there I, I, not that I'm aware of. So weird. Ironically. Ironically, that's all there is. I, I went to a tiki bar in Tucson, Arizona. Well, this is what's crazy. There are tiki bars in uh, lots like of, places of places that, that have like nothing to do with tiki. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's, there's like several popular ones in London. People are just drawn to it, I think. Well, they are again. That's what's sort of, sort of cool for me. Like I said, in the 60s, there were tiki bars everywhere, and particularly in San Diego, where I grew up, you know, by the late 70s and 80s, the whole tiki thing had completely gone down the turlet. Yeah, I didn't even Nobody know Nobody cared. No. Except for, like, weirdos like me, who still right. were like, were oh, on board. what happened to the tiki <laughs> stuff? Um, and thank God Disneyland never ripped out the tiki room and, like, yeah. you know, put in the 
you know, I don't when, know. Uh, I don't know. Finding Nemo <laughs> bar. A, but anyway, so, but, but I have to say in the last 10 years, the Tiki thing has really come back. A resurgence. Which is really cool. I, I, I like cool. I like that you never gave up on it, and I like it's sort of like 3D. I'm, I'm glad that I don't want them to give up on 3D. No, I just don't need to see everything in. 3D. Everything doesn't need to be in 3D, but, there, I, but the, I like the idea that this new Baz Luhrmann version of The Great Gatsby is what? 3D. No, no, makes for reals almost no sense to me whatsoever. Okay, I not mean, even almost. What? I mean, is it so like so when Leonardo DiCaprio and Carrie Mulligan are doing the Charleston, are we supposed to go, wow, they almost kicked me in the face? <laughs> right. That flapper, up- that flapper's long necklace almost <laughs> took my eye out. Oh, my God. Spoiler alert. It. When he's in the pool at the end. Whoa. Anyway, uh, <laughs> are we going to be like, oh, hey, yeah, we're speaking all- of dorky things, just yes. because we're standing within our yeah, yeah, let's do it. What is that item? These, I was a Vulcan in Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Sweet! And I only God. recently, while going through boxes of stuff to have a garage sale, yeah. fi- after about oh, oh, 15, 20 years, I've right. lo- I had lost these. Right. I found my Vulcan ears. Which were molded for you by prop department, and yeah. so they had to give them to you, yeah. essentially. Because- well, they didn't have to do anything. Um, they had to give them to me because I, <laughs> um, when they wrapped me, yeah. um, like immediately like threw a hood over my head yep. and escaped in my car. You were ca- like... Came home, woke up my roommate. <laughs> it was a night shoot. So it was right. about five in the morning. Woke up my roommate, made him take tons of pictures of me while, yeah. while I was still in full Vulcan makeup. Oh, sweet. And then I very gingerly removed my ear tips and uh, have, saved, and have them, saved, them. saved them ever since. Have you ever worn them again? I have no. I've never worn them again. You just save them as a I thing. I just save them as I need to get a little uh, shadow box or something for you them. You do? A little diorama? Yeah. That'd be yeah, awesome. But I only recently rediscovered When them, I first so. moved here, I saw William Shatner from a distance. Mm-hmm. I was over at the Aurora. His hair looks shop. more real when it's from a distance. Uh, it did look more real. Actually, That's the only reason God I bless him. He has him. very nice. His, his hair, for actually for quite some time now, has been quite good. He's Well, he's got a good hair, dude, then. Because, and, well, I... Uh, Genuinely, you know when you first move here and you see somebody famous and you can't fathom it. Yeah, uh, I followed him. I just oh, but for about yeah uh, half a block and then realized stop following him. He is a person and doesn't need to be followed. Yes, yes. <laughs> so it's true. But it was and very... he can't actually beam away if he spots you. Right, right. right. He will genuinely be creeped out. Yeah, if he will. It, if, he if will merely have to lady... get in his jaguar and. Yes, <laughs> possibly hire his giant bodyguard, which you, you didn't know, have. I've worked with William Shatner several times, first on an episode of T.J. Hooker. Oh, really? Then on Star Trek Three, and then again on Star Trek Five. Um, and I have to tell you, you know, you hear... I, I hear we, that we, he, we all adore William Shatner. Yes. But we sometimes hear stories that maybe he's difficult and or, he's or grumpy. Or grumpy. He's, yeah. Or grumpy. Uh, I'm sure there is validity to all those stories, perhaps. Well, everybody has everybody, a bad day. Listen, I'm grumpy sometimes. Oh, yeah. Not me. Not yes. Not when are. I put on not my. Right not when I put on my Vulcan ears and <laughs> swallow in my tiki collectibles. Exactly. When you get a giant banana daiquiri going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, so to speak. Virgin. But uh, he. Uh, I have to say, um, having worked with the man several times, which for me was like yeah. beyond exciting as a right. giant William Shatner file, and not just from Star Trek. God bless him. I love Star Trek. Yeah. And I love Captain Kirk. Oh, but I also love Kingdom of the Spiders, and I love me some Devil's Reign, okay. and I love me the Twilight Zone, you know, okay. there's a man on the wing of the plane, yeah. and even the little fortune teller devil. I mean, I'm a big sure. Blade Runner fan. So uh, the fact that I got to meet him and work with him on several occasions, and I have to tell you, all of my interactions with him, mm-hmm. so beyond positive, great guy. So, Absolutely great guy. And good to hear stories like that. And very, very, very funny. Yeah. And very self-effacing. Like, made jokes at his own expense. 
And was more than constantly. Ever since he did that SNL where. Oh my God, I, it was so great. And I did read that. That he was encouraged to do that. Because I'm sure he yeah. wanted to do it. Yeah. But he thought, I wonder if this is something that will actually alienate people. But instead, it, it has just, just made everyone go, yes, it was just funny. I know I'm and 40, then that but sa- I still And that it. same episode, then when the structure of Enterprise had been turned into a rotating restaurant <laughs> in space, and he was the maitre d', it was great, as Captain Kirk. Did you, you ever go to Quark's Cafe in, in Vegas at the Hilton? I have not been to Quark's Cafe. It's close now. It's very sad. Yeah. Very yeah. sad. That's too but it was bad. pretty awesome. And uh, <laughs> I have to say, it was pretty great. <laughs> All right. Next room. Yeah, Let's so do this. My room. Yes. Um, well, we should go to the eight room is where we should go. All right. Let's lead, do it. Lead on, McDuff. Okay. Here we go. I don't think that's the actual quote. Yeah. People always like to say, that's not the actual quote from Shakespeare. And I'm like, uh-huh. Email me, Jackie at JackieCation.com. That's Bob's Big Boy. There's a giant Bob's Big Boy. Is that like the same size as the one in front of the one in Toluca Lake? Well, you know what? There are two sizes, okay. it turns out, of Bob's Big Boys. There's the gigantic size, which right. is in front of Toluca Lake. Okay. Bob's Big Boy in Toluca Lake. And then there is what I, I believe they consider an indoor Bob's Big Boy. And that's what you are Which are is rocking. also not small. No. But no. I'm rocking the indoor Bob. And, in fact, if you go to Toluca Lake, they do have one indoors as well. And uh, yes, they oh they do that's right they do. It's, this was uh, this was something that I my my mother and I um, I'm an only child. Okay, I know it's hard to imagine with all of this crap <laughs> that I would be a spoiled only child <laughs> who never had of, to share anything with anybody. <laughs> Don't touch that. That's fine. Uh, um, my mother and I would uh, eat at a Bob's Big Boy in San Diego, and they had this exact size Bob's mm-hmm. Big Boy. Yep, in the restaurant, and I wanted it. From the time I was about seven years old. Oh, my God. And I have to say, and as you look around my house yes. and go, look at all this crazy, weird stuff. Yep. Here's what's, ac- here's what's really happened. Here's what's gone down. <laughs> um, my taste has not changed since I was about six or seven years old. Fair enough. It's just when I was six or seven, I couldn't acquire all of right, the things I right. wanted. As I got older. A little bit of disposable I, income. I still wanted all of the same <laughs> ridiculous BS that I wanted sure. as a child, and I finally got around to getting it all. Do you know, you know what I want? That you you inspire me. Oh, what and do you I want? always look for it. Yeah, I want moccasins. Oh, sure. I want fringe moccasins, but not with hard soles. With with with, with soft, soft soles that will wear out in moments yes. after I wear them outdoors. And so I want like three pairs of them. And when you say moccasins, of course, in my head, yeah. I immediately go. Oh, you should buy those in Frontierland in your next trip to Disneyland. <laughs> I have looked that's, at Because that's, to me, where you would buy moccasins. I know. it, I, And they're Minnetonka, which is from Minnesota, right, which is right. where I lived for many years. Oh, and, uh, oh yeah. Darn tootin'. Old Crips, it's nice over oh, there. Oh, nice. And uh, it's a straight shot right yeah. there. Minnetonka, oh, right sure. from the cities. Oh. And uh, so, Jeez. I... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> riffing. <laughs> I like it, though. But I just... I uh, The ones in Frontierland... Oh... That's that's actually. I don't know if that your your device picked that up. My device will. That's the sound my phone makes when someone has texted me. Oh, Um, I feel like it sounds like the more you know on NBC. So every time, every time, oh, suddenly we're being now my now my roommate is blow drying his hair. Oh, we're being assaulted by noises. It's you know what it it gives that sense of that we're in the moment. I did a dork expedition to a coffee exporter. Oh, uh, episode eleven, ladies and gentlemen. Right, know that that is the episode. But look, look, look early. Yeah, and and so. So the constant 
espresso machine and clanking of cups and bottles and it was like it was a little noisy but it was well worth listening to because yes. it's awesome but they didn't realize it it's just really some old man at a table with like coconut shells <laughs> clacking and clacking. Like, you know, cans with peas in them and stuff making noise it. it's uh but i like um you also have a uh, darren and Bewitched. Oh, is that, that a cell? That's an animation cell from the opening titles of Bewitched. Is it a real cell? The cell is real. The background, which is the kitchen and the sofa stuff, that's a reproduction of the original background. But the okay. cell, the cell is real. Yes, and yes, that's Dick York as Darren, okay. as opposed to the Dick Sargent version. Right. When they had to reanimate the opening, it just it, it's like you know what? There's part of me that's jealous that you were so self-aware <laughs> for so long to go. <laughs> that's the thing I want. <laughs> I know. Now. Isn't that crazy? But no, and that is. I, and I and you're correct. Uh, uh, going right along with what I was saying is my taste has not changed since yeah. I was a child. Uh, th- yes, I of course as a child loved Bewitched and, and never the animated version it. of Bewitched. Loved it. Never never missed it. And, right. Uh, and so of course eventually had to up, acquire a cell from uh, Bewitched. From Bewitched. Yeah. It's pretty great. Yes. It's pretty great. All right. Where are we going? We're going to the ape room. The ape room. Sweet. sweet I mean, I need to. I, I need to come up with a, a better. I mean, basically, it's a Planet of the Apes museum in my converted garage. In your converted garage. Yes. We're going to go this way. These are. Pay no attention to the two, four, five trioxin barrels from Return of the Living Dead. <laughs> wow! They even have key code on them. Oh boop, yeah. Boop, boop, boop. So you can disarm them. Return. Oh okay. my God! All right. <laughs> I'm going to need you to hold the Zoom H4. Oh, I'm holding the Zoom H4. I'll try not to press any buttons. Try not to press any buttons. Well, you hear me turning on my camera again. Wow. Everything looks so real. And I am going to take like nine photos. And uh, Some of the things are real. Well, no, not the actual apes. Yes, I see what you're saying. I mean, they look alive. Yes, there you go. But uh, no, these are all... Everything in here. Well, obviously, there's there's toys and merchandise and stuff from Planet of the Apes as well. Yes. But but primarily, what my collection consists of is original costumes, props, yes. statues, furniture pieces, right? That, that and gun. such that are all original and all really from um, the original Planet of the Apes films. Which is amazing. Like this guy here with the wooden gun. That's a gorilla soldier. And so they were just given wooden guns. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, they, I mean, that, well, the, these were the, this was the design, the style of the gun. Okay. For you know, on the planet yeah. of the apes. Yep. And uh, that was a prop gun. That's what they carried around. And right, right, because they were mostly they were long shorts, long shots. Yes. And so they didn't yes. need to have a lot yes. of detail to it. They had this was you know obviously considered a background rifle. Yeah. But they always made you know a couple of hero props. Yeah. And so of course you know they had a couple of you know close up firing ones that like you know Charlton Heston. Yeah. You know and wrestled. For from some aimed, ape aimed and shot let me tell you something apes are really strong i don't even think Charlton. am i going to go to the mat on this one and say charlton heston i think could not have wrestled an ape <laughs> no he probably could not have wrestled an ape. don't you well, think but i think life? that's probably why he spends most of the film gagged bound and dragged <laughs> and netted it's true yes. it is true yes yeah is that they were stronger than him now do you know dana gould I know Dana Gould very well. That's right, because he lives in Roddy McDowell's house. Yes, now, and I and I feel some sort of kinship with that. Not that I had anything to do with him acquiring Roddy's right, house. Right. Um, I'm, I am. It warms the cockles of my heart like you don't believe that his <laughs> lovely wife and their children live in Roddy McDowell's old house. <laughs> because I was my ultimate. I mean, sure. you can look around here and you see all of these props and costumes and furniture, statues, original art, yeah. masks. Um, but my ultimate, ultimate Planet of the Apes collectible 
would be. Was, in fact, Roddy McDowell himself, <laughs> who I had the great pleasure of becoming very close friends with after we worked on a film together. Which one? Overboard? Oh, ter- Were you on or- Overboard? Okay. Oh, no, no. Oh, I love Overboard. No, too. oh, no. This is a terrible, terrible, terrible motion picture. Right. Absolutely terrible motion picture. Called? Uh, Angel 4. Undercover. <laughs> I am unfamiliar uh, with well, this Well, a lot of people probably would be. There mm-hmm. there was a series of films, the Angel films, okay. in which she was a policewoman by day, Uh-oh. hooker by night. Oh, I've heard of well, them. Well, you know what? I take that back. It started out, I think she was like a just a high school student by day and hooker right. by night. And she eventually became a... I, it didn't make a lot of sense. No, but the, there were obviously enough... There was enough interest for there to be four of them. And I, and I believe the actress who played Angel uh, changed... From film to film to film. Okay. So by the time I worked like on Like someone one, got other work. Yes. And they're like, mm, yes. Angel 2, not going to happen. Yeah, not going to do it. Or uh, too old. Uh, too old. <laughs> um, dead. I don't know. <laughs> they just weren't. So anyway, I worked on Angel 4 Undercover. Um, thanks to uh, a, a very dear old friend of mine who was the producer. Okay. And uh, several of the supporting roles were being filled by uh, Penthouse Playmates. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, whose acting skills were apparently less than uh, stellar. A lot of still shooting going on in Penthouse. <laughs> yes. And a lot of close-ups of body parts. Yes. So I do without not think a, Without right. much dialogue. No dialogue. No. <laughs> Coming from your actual no. left knee. <laughs> which is the polite way to put it. Okay. <laughs> so I was asked uh, by my friend, the producer, uh, to come on board as an acting coach. Okay. To help the, the playmates. Penthouse playmates okay. uh, give a better performance. See, this is now, you are an actor. Yes. And as an actor, you act. On occasion, yes, when right. they let me. When you, when they let you. But it's like it's. I was talking to. Um, who, no, I wasn't. Was I? T- I was talking to myself, watching an, <laughs> uh, a biography thing on E. Really, that's how cool I am. Of who? And Alyssa Milano. So and you were talking to Alyssa Milano. I'm talking to Alyssa Milano yes. on television. Yes. My, my good friend, Alyssa yes. Milano, and I said to her, "That is a great line." That's what I said. Because what her line was, <laughs> the interview had asked her, why? Because she was in a movie at the same the same year Beetlejuice came out. Okay. She was in a movie just like Beetlejuice. Okay. But it was shitty. And I mean, she I, said... I certainly can't think of what it was. I can't remember what it was either. And the interviewer said, would you have been in Beetlejuice? Oh, no. <laughs> no. Why would I have wanted to be in the great classic version of the and, horrible film I was yes, in? Yes. Exa- and she said, yeah. Yeah, it would have been a Beetlejuice. What yes. are you talking about? Yes. And the, she was like, well, so why would you have taken this other gig? She asked her why she took the other gig. And she was like, because I'm an actress. I take the role that is offered at this point. Yes, because I wasn't offered Beetlejuice. Right. If I would have been offered... It's a great line, right? I, I had a great... <laughs> I, I worked... This was many years ago on a t- television pilot that went absolutely nowhere. Um, with the great and wonderful uh, actor David Warner. Okay. Uh, who dorks will know as... Um, from Time Bandits, the villain oh. in Time Bandit, Jack the Ripper in Time After Time. Wow. Um, and, and, you know, Star Trek films, the Klingon, and Klingon ambassador. I okay. mean, you know, David Warner's fantastic. I mean, Fair and the omen gets his head chopped off in the omen. Okay. I'm leaving out all sorts of really great. Oh, deep- that's fine. It's, uh, I'm, I'm in the part of show business that doesn't know who anyone is. Okay. Good. So I like okay. the backstory. Anyway, I am DBM, David Warner. He's been in a, I'll a, put him a in the number notes. of things. And I worked with him on a television pilot. He's just pretty wonderful, droll British gentleman. Yes. And we were working on a pretty terrible sitcom <laughs> right. that um, he was starring in. And he was, uh, you know, sitting there and we were having a, a lovely conversation. Yeah. And I said, oh, it's so great to work with you. You know, I'm such a fan of yours. And, you know, I said, gosh, this is a different for you, you know, doing a TV series, A, and B, right. doing a sitcom. 
And he's like, all of my friends are so baffled as to why I'm doing this job. Right. And and he just went on to say, he goes, you know, he says, I've been very lucky to have some wonderful parts in some great movies. Right. But, you know, it's not like they offer it to De Niro. And then when he says no, it comes directly to me. Right. He said, I'm about 32nd on the list. <laughs> After De Niro. Uh, yeah. yeah. And he just goes, you know, I've never understood why I will do certain roles. And people will go, why did you do that? And he'll go, well, I don't know if you know this, but see, I have these things called bills. Every month. And everyone expects me to write a check and actually pay them. Right. And so what I like to do is work so I get a paycheck. Mm -hmm. So I'm able to do this thing where you pay your bill. He goes, why do people ask actors, why did you do that? Yeah, it doesn't make... I don't know. Why do you go to work every day? Oh, because why did you sell that person that Ford Focus? Well, that's what I do I believe in the Ford Focus. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you're like... uh, it's great. You believe in the Ford Focus. If, if actors sat around and only did stuff that was great, yeah, they would be unemployed a tremendous amount of the time. Yeah. I mean, there's just, you have to, I, I did a bunch of, um, you know, when you do student film, like I, I don't have, I, you know, so I've done a lot of student films in, sure. as, as a result right. of that sentence I didn't say about not working. <laughs> uh, I have done a lot, several student films knowing that they I would never get a copy of that. Yeah. yeah. Knowing that I will never yeah. get real. Yeah. It's almost like doing, it's almost like practicing being in front of a camera. Sure. And never seeing the sure. result of it, but getting used to it. Absolutely. So it's not fun. A ter- not a terrible thing to do. No. And I, it was a fun thing because I like acting. It's super fun. Well, I I, t- I have to tell you, as an actor, I you know because I'm because I'm I'm not I'm not famous, and very few people know who I am, so I don't have to worry about doing something that's horrible because oh. it's going to hurt my career. Because I would have <laughs> you to could have, have a meltdown at the airport at any time. I, totally, yeah. <laughs> I, but I, I mean, I would need to have an actual real life flourishing career for to do anything to hurt it. Um, and I just feel like, well. I, I'd do any part. I don't care. Yeah, Who yeah. cares? Who cares? And sometimes the stuff that sounds really, really, really crappy yeah. sounds really fun to me. So I'm like, oh, that sounds awesome. I'd love to do that because that just sounds horrible. Yeah. I dressed and, up like a goth mom. Oh, sure. And uh, I was like, I don't, I don't even know if I can do that. Right. And quite honestly, I don't know how good I was. Yeah. But I looked good. Yeah. Because this looks like a mom. And if you put goth clothes on it, <laughs> uh, I look like a goth mom. <laughs> I would play the role of a goth mom. I'm just telling you. I don't care. It's like, it all sounds right. like fun to me. So I'm always confused when I hear about certain actors that like, you know, no, they turned down that role. You're like. Were they busy? Well, why? Why did you turn that? Why would you turn that down? Yeah. I mean, I understand they were big stars. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm, I, yeah. I mean, yeah. I get it. I get it that. If you're a big star and, oh, and it was, and it was nudity or something. Right. Or- Right. right. Well, yeah, I don't expect George Clooney right. like, to do anything that he doesn't want well, to yeah, do. Well, yeah, do some he gets, horrible piece of crap. Right. He gets offered to do anything he wants. Right. And he has that production company and he can do whatever he wants exactly. anyway exactly. if he wants to do something. But he seems like a very good sport. And quite frankly, I could see where George Clooney might do something kind of silly. And yeah, like he might show up in your webisodes Listen, if you happen to you know, know what? Him. Let me tell you something I just thought of. Yeah. yeah. And this has always made me think George Clooney is really, really, really swell. And he okay. seems like he's just a swell guy. Yeah. But this is what's really swell. So, you know, he finally makes it big with ER. Right. He's been on a hundred TV shows. Right. Finally gets one that's a hit. Yeah. Finally makes him a star, goes off and starts doing movies, leaves the series because, you know, it yeah. got to the point where he was Time to too go. big of a star and making too many movies. But, you know, but God bless George Clooney. He came back not once, but twice. To, on ER. On ER. And yeah. reprised his character. 
you know, whereas other shows, it's like, oh, I mean, the actor wouldn't think of coming back and doing an episode. Right. Like, he must have why? really had a good time well, doing I, I ER. Don't, I don't care if they treated him like crap. It's yeah. the show that made him a star. Right. So you he's need grateful to have some appreciation that. for True. it. There yeah. were all these fans of the show who were psyched to see him come back at come all. Come back and play your character. Yep. And he did it without batting an eye. And yeah. um, why don't more other actors do that? It's true. I worked on Growing Pains. I was the acting coach. Okay. Um, for the last few seasons on Growing Pains for the kids on the show. Okay. And the last season, Leonardo DiCaprio was on the show. Oh, nice. Um, love Leo. Great guy. And, uh, you know, several years later, mm -hmm. they did one of those goofy reunion movies. Right. So they did this. Oh, right. They did this Growing Pains reunion movie. Yeah. yeah. And I, I did not work on it, but I ran into one of the producers who yeah. was telling me, oh, yeah, we're doing this reunion film. And I said, are you going to approach Leo? Yeah. I not not to do a big part, but just right. maybe just like, you know, he played Luke, the homeless kid they, you know, found oh, in the janitor's closet. In the latter yes. season. Yes. And moved yes. him. Yeah. It was the, he was sort of jumping the, the jumping the shark. Yeah. He was cousin Oliver. Yeah. And they were like, oh, no. Don't be. Oh, that's. Cr and they looked at me like I had three heads. Yeah. Now, they may have been right. I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio may have, like, laughed at them and right. gone, are you out of your mind? Mm -hmm. I'm Leonardo DiCaprio. But. Um, he might have also but done why it. Not? Why not? Yeah. Why would. It's going to destroy your career? It's not going to destroy his career. Nope. Do one scene, you're on the phone, the family calls you. And he's you not going to destroy check up your you. career because yeah. you asked him. No. And I he think. He might it, make fun of you to his wife or yeah, friends or right, whatever. Right. In one dinner. I mean, he's not going to eat on that story a lot. I'm just telling you, if I, if I was. If I was if I was him or mm -hmm. in that position, yep. I would say I would literally I would do what Johnny Depp did with this new 21 Jump Street film. Oh, is he Johnny Depp, who does a, a pretty substantial cameo in the new 21 Jump Street film? Oh, does he? He called them and said, he well, I get to be in it, right? Oh, see, you know, that's awesome. And that's cool. And yeah. that's the way you should do things. Right. And now that, that I think that he bought, didn't he buy like a continent with that Pirates movie? Oh, uh, like at the, least. Because he, least. I think he's, he did say something about now that's just money. I think that he should take that continent and donate it to um, starving children who had to see those movies. <sighs> I did not enjoy. I liked the first one. The first one's quite entertaining. I, I was entertained the by the first one. And then I couldn't do. And then no. I saw the second one. And I was uh, like, no. Wait, what's happening? Is the dog going to be the king now? Yeah, what's happening? I, so I didn't it watch didn't three. I can't watch. I'm done. No. Yeah. No. I didn't. And I, I, my quote that I was telling friends, as I said, you know, the, the last few were so boring yeah. that, to, that to me, you know, because it's based on a ride at Disneyland. Right. You took a ride at Disneyland and you made a movie. Made so a for movie. something based on a ride at Disneyland, I have to say the first film was really yeah. quite impressive. Yeah, they did a nice job and with quite it. Good, and had nice little homages to the ride yeah. throughout the film. The last few films were, to me, it's like I would be more interested if they based a film on a turnstile at Disneyland. <laughs> And just made turnstile the oh, motion picture. Look who's coming in. Look at this oh, family. Oh, look at that one. Oh, oh my God. You're the millionth wow. customer. Do you think they're going to have a meltdown before it's over? No, what do you no. think? No, no. Buy the kid the sword. Buy the kid Pirates the sword. Of the Caribbean. All right. We are in here. Is that a sarcophagus? What is that? That is a sarcophagus. That is a prop from the very first original Planet of the Apes film. Really? There's a scene where uh, Charlton Heston, as astronaut George Taylor, <laughs> uh, you know, has escaped the clutches of the uh, the the apes. Right. And goes on a sort of, you know, spree running yep. through Ape City and right. oh, running right, right. through things. And there's a scene where he, he interrupts a ape funeral 
that is going on. I remember that. And in the middle, that's actually where you first see this lovely lawgiver statue. In the background. In the background, behind the orangutan minister. Hollow. Hollow. Fiberglass. I want, I, but and still probably but very 300 sub, pounds. Still very, very heavy and very substantial. Yeah. And then this lovely sarcophagus is in front of the statue. Oh, my as God. As the orangutan minister is doing the funeral proceedings. I'm losing my... Um, um, uh, now, and what about... See, I always thought that... See, this is where it all falls apart. Uh-oh, what's I thought happening? I thought that statue of Caesar, which you also have, was the lawgiver. No, that statue of Caesar is from the final film, Battle for the Planet of the Apes. Uh, and at the very end, yep. uh John Houston, yeah, uh, who basically is playing the the lawgiver, the live version of the lawgiver, mm-hmm. um is, you know, speaking to ape children and human children who have right. since learned to get along. Yes. Um, I think through Caesar's teachings. Yes. And so John Houston, you know, is like, And so Caesar recap, <laughs> humans and apes, Calistoga water. I mean, I don't know, you know, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Gitz. So, yeah. uh, so that's that statue, and it cries. And then at the very end, the very last shot of the very last film is they, they do a show a close-up of the face, and a tear, tears roll down the face of the statue. Now, continuity-wise, is Battle for the Planet of the Apes, was that... Which is where that one's from, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, is that a, a still prequel to the to, original Planet of the Apes? Well, you know that's what's very interesting about Planet of the Apes is because it's all about time travel and the timeline gets all messed up. Yeah. Well, but the timeline gets what happens is the timeline gets changed right. by the events that happen during the films. Right. So it's one of those things where you go back in time and the future is not yet written, and so through mm. the events that happen during the ape films. They change. Oh, the, the future. future. Oh, okay. Yes. yes. Well, that's cheerful. Yeah. That, that actually yeah. helps. Uh... Yeah. And I and listen, you know, I, I you know, a lot of people rag on on the sequels, mm-hmm. um, and and you know, deser- trouble. deservedly so Sometimes in, in certain trouble. respects. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was back in the day. So strange compared to movies now. Movies now are made. With almost the sole purpose of, oh, I hope we can make five more of these. Right. Um, back then, you made a movie and it had a beginning, a middle, and an end, and you didn't expect to make a sequel. Yeah. Um, and if the film did do really well, and some studio executive said, oh, poop, we should probably make another one of these, <laughs> um, they were made for, the budget always went down. Now the budget goes up. Now they, they spend even more money and they put even more stars and they do, you know, yeah. they try and make it bigger and better than the last one. Right. Back then it was sort of like, well, we'll do a sequel, but, you know, yeah. sequels don't usually make as much as the first one. So, so here's $100. Yeah, so don't, yeah, don't make yeah, it. Or whatever. That's a- so ironically, those Planet of the Ape films, mm-hmm. there were five of them. Okay. Uh, the budgets literally, so the biggest budget was the original film. And with each sequel, the budget went down. To the point where they made Battle for the Planet of Apes for like a million dollars, like one point wow. one million dollars or something. Okay. Whereas the original film was made for eight million dollars, and which, which back in nineteen sixty seven was yeah. you know a decent budget, right? It, it, a great budget, and, yeah. And wow, all right, yeah. So the so the, so one of the issues with the Planet of the Apes sequels is that the quality of the production right. diminishes, right? And the scope of the productions diminishes. As, Are they still as using the, the same props? Diminishes. How sad. Oh, many of the props make, oh, appear. Just reappear just because you're like. This desk here, this sort of desk chair thing, this is originally seen in the first film in Dr. Zayas' office. Okay. Then in the second film, Beneath the Planet of the Apes, it's seen 
sort of in the background of where the the cages are that they keep the humans in. Okay. Um, and then it disappears. Right. And then it makes a very major reappearance in the first pilot episode of the Planet of the Apes TV series. Oh, right. I remember that. So, yeah, they reuse these props, definitely. And two more shag paintings, if I'm correct. Uh, well, you know what? No, one shag, that shag. One shag painting. Right. That's actually a print. That's a serograph. Okay. A signed serograph. And, yes, that's, that's again, shows his... What's the difference between his... a print and a serograph? Uh, Well, a print can be a lithograph, which is called offset printing. Okay. Uh, And then a serograph is literally paint on paper that's more, it's almost like a silk screen screen process. Oh, okay. So that's a serograph. Yeah. Serographs are a little more. Just another notch up. They're they're a little quality wise, a little better. And these, and he'll do like limited edition serographs that he signs and numbers and all that kind of stuff. So they they get that. So they're they're worth a bit too. They're not not as pricey as an original painting, of course. Right. But but I I might be able to afford one of those for Andy for his birthday. Absolutely. There we go. All right. I'll tell you where to go to find this. (laughs) Okay. Uh, But this, no, this is actually a different artist. It's similar kind of feel. Yeah. But this is actually a wonderful artist named Amanda Vassell. Okay. And How do you spell Vassell? V-I-S-E-L-L. Very nice. And Amanda does incredible stuff. And right. I'm a big fan of hers as well. And again, here's the weird, crazy thing. Yeah. So I, we, we obviously all have similar brains. Right. Because I... We're was, like monkeys. I was an admirer. <laughs> How ironic. <laughs> I was an admirer of her work because mm-hmm. I just liked the style. Right. She did. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I like her stuff. That's cool. She had some opening at a gallery i go to the gallery she has all these different kinds of paintings lo and behold i look up there's a planet of the apes painting with all of the characters wow. from the planet, and i'm like okay this is crazy yeah but obviously there's some weird thing going on yeah. that conjoins us all and we all like planet of the apes <laughs> right but i remember when people didn't like you yeah. couldn't even mention it and it was like i think in 90 careful uh, as I knock the sarcophagus, Jackie is trying to knock the props over. Exactly, and destroy them. Oh, crying out loud! Anyway, so but uh, but I remember in '94 when Dana did that first. It was probably '94 or '95. Right. He did that Dan, uh, the Planet of the Apes. Oh, he used to. Uh, but he was the first one. Yeah. That brought it to sort of, and and then it became like a theme. Yeah. Where comics, because comics do run in, in stand-up comedy. They people run in themes, well, obviously, right? And and well, and this. Uh, Partly relates back to Dana, who obviously was a writer producer for years. Uh, obviously, the writers' room on The Simpsons loves Planet of the Apes. I asked because you about that. They... I said the first year that you wrote for The Simpsons, <laughs> did you notice that the monkey count went up? And he was like, "Did it?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah I was watching." Yeah, and uh, <laughs> because it's and his his uh, his Planet of the Apes. The premise was that uh, that he he wants the uh, the. The planet of the really insecure apes, where Doctor <laughs> Zayas is in like the forbidden zone, going, "These pants make me look fat." How? Did, what? Did, what did, bright eyes? Bright eyes? Really? A, fr- <laughs> a, mut- a mutual friend of both uh, mine and Dana's, uh, Dave Higgins. The I know. Very, the Higgins, very, yeah, the lovely, very funny um, Dave Higgins. Dave Higgins. He he had an idea for a short film that I would love to make someday. That's called County of the Apes, and it's basically about a guy who's instead of his spaceship crashes, his car breaks down, and he's and he's taken to it. You know, and it, and of course it would have Wait. to. You know, it would be shot like on the Warner Brothers backlot that they use for like you know oh, you know East yeah. of Eden or they use for you know now they use for Desperate Housewives. Well, no, it was like Stars Hollow for that silly 
show. Anyway. Oh, oh, Gilmore Girls. Gilmore Girls. Thank you. Sorry. Sort, like sort of like like a little uh, Connecticut town. Yes, a little town. Right. And the, and but it basically emulates the story of Planet of the Apes, where he's thrown in jail, and then there's a trial. You know, and I and I always pitched the idea. I thought, well, in the trial scene, there has to be a jury. Yeah. With the six people in the front row and the six people in the back row, and the joke would be that the six jurors in the front row would have really great elaborate ape makeup, and uh. the six in the row behind them would have horrible pullover rubber masks. <laughs> So, yes, yes, I want that. So, and County of the Apes. We County want to make, of the we Apes. make County of the Apes. If you uh, cannot get the Warner lot, uh, can I send you to Mill Valley, California? Sure. Which looks like Gilmore Girls oh, has perfect. been transplanted. Yeah, they, that's what they want. Okay, good. There's good. a there's a, you, you could shoot uh, a lot of scenes right in front of that Eileen Fisher store. Oh, okay, okay, no, whatever. But uh, uh, anyway, so yeah, so that's yeah. Amanda Vassell, and she's another wonderful artist. And and there's just something about all of these people that I keep meeting, yeah. and we somehow discover that we have this crazy love for Planet of the Apes. You know, it's, it's an, an awesome it's, it's obviously an age thing too, because right. what it is. Um, don't get me wrong, I I enjoyed and loved Star Wars and all of that whole Star Wars thing. Sure, but I was like. 18 when Star Wars came out, or 17 or something when okay. Star Wars came out. I was 8 when Planet of the Apes came out. Which was so, essentially the Star Wars of the eight. Uh, exactly, exactly. Age. So I have many, many friends who are, you know, about 10 years younger than me, mm-hmm. and they're Star Wars geeks. Yeah. Now all of my friends my age were apes geeks. Right. So apes really was this thing that kind of was, you know, the Star Wars of its time. And everyone always credits Star Wars for kind of being one of the first film franchises where everyone discovered how much, you know, merchandising dollars there were to be had. Yeah. And I always say, you got to go back 10 years. Right. Because Planet of the Apes. Was went, Planet went, of the Apes 67? It was shot in 67, released in 68. Okay. And um, and, then and the, made television by 72. Uh, was in te- on television in 74. Was the 74. fall of 74 was the premiere of Planet of the Apes. Because I saw it, series. and I was, I was a small child, and yeah. it blew my mind. My it mind was, blown. I, I was so, I was, you know, it's funny, because the TV series uh, was not fantastic. Uh, in my mind, it was absolutely fantastic at mm-hmm. the time, just because it was just more ape stuff. And I <laughs> right, you're like, I'm on get, board with whatever ape It didn't ape matter thing. what they did. Um, as as evidenced by the merchandise they did, right. because they literally, I mean, you see over there, yep. the Planet of the Apes kite. There's a kite. There's a kite. I mean, there were... That doesn't even look like one of the real characters. No. They've just drawn no, a It's an, horrible an artwork. He, and he yeah. looks like he has a lazy eye. <laughs> he does look Who slightly... knew that Cornelius had a lazy eye? Yeah, I think that's... But the, uh, the posters that you've gotten here are amazing yeah, as well. Yeah, the posters are great. Well, they're on the ceiling as and, well. As, as well. Say. And you've got some... Is that one... The original Planet of the Apes, is that's, that signed? That's signed by Charlton Heston, Kim Hunter, Roddy McDowell, and Linda Harrison. Oh, I had them all sign it for me. That is awesome. And, um, yeah, what else? And, There's, and, then, and then this artwork here, these are original costume designs... That were those were hand painted by a gentleman by the name of Morton Hack, who, who was, was the costume designer for the film, nominated for an Oscar for his work. And are those originals? Those are originals. Those are original hand painted uh, renderings he did for possible costumes. It's and this one new here, World of Dork Forest, by the way. <laughs> this is like this is like you we're, know because I I'll talk to people that'll be enthusiastic right, about right. the Planet of the Apes, yes. and then you walk into this vehicle, and uh, we are yes we are deep in the dark. Oh, forest. we are deep. You had yeah, a special I, I tree, you, my I friend. I hope you left. Uh, banana chips, so we'll find our way back out. <laughs> is this a real costume? That is a real costume. Okay, because... Uh, that is a real costume. That is um, that mannequin and that head, that Zira. Yep. 
Kim Hunter. And that is obviously a reproduction of that? That is a reproduction. Yes. The only reproduction <laughs> I, I decided that I wanted... Is, so the mannequins, as you can describe them. So the original costumes are all on mannequins. Right. But then they have um, really beautifully made uh, full heads yeah. and hands to look like the characters from the film. Right. The heads were all made by a wonderful makeup effects artist named Brian Pennicus. Okay. And Brian is a big-time makeup effects guy who works in the film industry. Yeah. He has a great company called Makeup and Monsters. It'll be in and, the notes. Uh, you know, Brian worked on... Well, speaking of the Pirates of the Caribbean films, Brian worked on all of those. He's worked on some really major films. Right. And Brian is, like a lot of makeup effects artists, a, a bona fide Planet of the Apes geek of the universe. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of guys you'll meet um, who went into the profession because, because of, of their obsession with Planet of the Apes. So many of them were influenced I by Planet of the Apes that, that they were like, sense. oh, man, that'd be cool to do for a little Listen, I have to tell you, there was a time when I was a teenager, I knew I wanted to work in film. I yeah. very much wanted to be an actor, but I also just wanted to be involved in film. And I have to say, I went through a period where I was very interested in possibly going into makeup effects. Just because of Just because love. of my love yeah. of all things apes and then apes. Kind of from there, I discovered monster a lot of- movies and stuff like that too. Is yeah, I, I, oh, yeah. Ken Daly and Matt Weinhold did an yeah. episode a couple episodes ago. Oh, cool! Of just horror movies, yeah. And the only one they they talked me into would be uh, Ghost of Mr. Chicken and oh, then Monster M- Mad Monster Party. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, those, those are good ones. Yeah, those are not, they're I, terrifying. Yeah, that's why. Uh, yeah, you know what? I take a <laughs> I saw Ghost of Mr. Chicken when yep. I was like six years old. Yep. And honestly, I mean, it's a very funny movie. Yeah. Knotts is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, Nails it. There were there are scenes that movie that as a young child that are genuinely scary scared the crap out of me yeah i was glad that i was in a room full of comics who were riffing yeah, during the entire yeah. thing the painting with the garden shears in the neck was yeah the I, that was child, real and that organ music yeah with the blood on the organ those are those are really actually scary images one of and- the i have i have several seminal moments in my life and one amongst them uh, Vic Mizzy composed the music for Ghost of Mr. Chicken. Okay. He passed away a couple of years ago. Great guy who did, like, amazing music in the 60s and 70s. Wrote the theme to the Adams Family. I mean, okay. really iconic, yeah, awesome yeah. stuff. Such a fan of his. And I had an opportunity to meet him and, and spend an afternoon with him at his house. And at one point, um, he sat me down on a, on a uh, stool... Uh, in front of a giant organ yeah. that he had in his living room, at, where I sat next to him on the on the organ bench, and he played the spooky organ music from the Ghost and Mr. Chicken, oh. and I was like, "This is cool. This yeah. is pretty cool." Uh, you know what? And people say they don't like Los Angeles. You're wrong. Oh no 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 no. You're wrong. Oh, I'm I I have to tell you, I'm a huge 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 Los Angeles lover. Yeah. Um, you I, just have to hang out with the people you like. You have to work with everybody sometimes, but that's true if you live in Peoria. All the people who tell me they hate Los Angeles, my response is, then you are doing it wrong. Because my my analogy, which may be really, really dumb, but for some reason works really well in my head, Mm -hmm. I think of Los Angeles as a giant, like cafeteria or a Mm -hmm. big buffet right and you slide your tray along Mm -hmm. and you pick what you want and put it on your tray and the stuff that you don't want like the jello with the marshmallows in it you leave right you don't put it on your tray and then at the end you've assembled this tray of all the stuff you like la has everything Absolutely everything. And some of it's really awful. Right. But you don't pick that stuff and right. you don't put that on your tray. I don't want nuts in my dressing. <laughs> it's uh No. And believe me, if you're gonna if you're gonna get nuts in your dressing, <laughs> LA's the place. So anyway, I just I think LA's fantastic because there are so 
It, literally everything is here. Right. And as anyone who grew up like myself as a movie television geek, yeah. I mean, the fact that I, you know, have hold kept, I've held Captain Kirk hostage in mm. a Star Trek movie. Yep. I worked on the Brady Bunch film and found myself sitting, you know, in the Brady's kitchen. <sighs> I, uh, you know, became dear friends with Roddy McDowell, who used to come over and have dinner at my house and set <sighs> his wine glass on the lawgiver statue. Sweet. I mean, you know, these are crazy, crazy things that only in Los Angeles. And so, yeah. you know, or I can sit with Vic Mizzi while he plays the organ yep. from Ghost of Mr. Which Chicken. is what, and what I say about Los Angeles is that there's so much talent here yeah. that that's why you don't know who anybody is. Right. You know, at, you know, once you leave town. Because for every, you know, for every 10 great actors that you know, there are 90 great actors. Sure. And so there are, and the same is true with comics and makeup people right. and musicians right. and whatever. And so if I get to hang out with the 90, that's fine. That is, that is, I mean, because those people are so gifted that that's a, that's a blessing. That's a treat, well, man. Well, and the other great thing about this business is, you know, working on a film or working on a television series, you know, someone who works in the same office for 25 years, yeah. you know, can find themselves working with substantially the same people for 25 years. Right. And there's going to be good people you work with. And there's going to be crappy people you work with. Mm -hmm. With, with a film... You know, you get very close to this group of people for a limited period of time. Right. And then it ends and you move on to the next. <laughs> right. And it's finite. Yeah, it's finite. <laughs> and so if the people are horrible, you go, well, thank God, because in two weeks I won't have to ever see any of them again. <laughs> right. And I or will not be Or if they're wonderful, yeah. you go, hey, let's stay in touch. Right. So I have um, collected people over the years in the yeah. same way I've collected monkey masks <laughs> and... um and there are really great people here and really talented, fun people here. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking to you today because of Ken Daly, right. who I've now known for literally 30 years. And I initiated contact with, I'm a friend of Ken Daly's. He said you would maybe <laughs> let me come over and, hey. <laughs> so. Generally speaking, if it starts with, I'm a friend of Ken Daly's, I'm on board. Excellent. So, yes. But, uh, but, you know, but these are, you know, there are really wonderful, talented, fun, cool people here. Yep. And there are also shallow, awful backstabbing people here. And I just tend to lose the phone numbers of the terrible backstabbing yes. people. And and hang on to the ones that are great. And on that note, let's talk about where people can watch your work. And like, are, are you on Twitter, for example? Could people oh, follow you God, on Twitter? Jackie. Now this is this is where we, this is where I fall into a deep dark hole. <laughs> the technological anyone, hole. Anyone out there? I have to tell you, I am not. I am not on the Twitter. Are you on the Facebook? I am not even on the Facebook. Are you on MySpace? I am not on MySpace. <laughs> How about I, Friendster? No, I let's am keep not going. On Friendster. <laughs> I have, not, Do you have an email? I am not LinkedIn to anyone. Oh, you are not LinkedIn. No, although mm -hmm, people mm -hmm. constantly request asking me, me to be LinkedIn. To, to be LinkedIn, I can't be LinkedIn. No, I have to say that there's a very uh, there's a huge disconnect with me and all of this personal technology. Right, and it's not because I'm an old man. No, because um, there are a lot of people substantially older than me that are into all of those On things board. you've just discussed. Honestly, one of my uh, of my close friends who are my age or older. Right, I have a friend who is um, almost ten years older than me. And um, and he is obsessed with all of the technological things you have just mentioned. Okay. So it's not just an age thing. Is he on I, Google Plus? I, I'm sure. I'm <laughs> sure. And Lipitor. Um, <laughs> but I just, I am... Um, I laughed against my will. I like that. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> nice work. I don't know why I'm so adverse to these things, but I have to say I'm very, very adverse to these you things. You don't want in. Well, you know, here's what's interesting. I because Do you have a website? I do not. Okay. Do you? I don't know. I mean, but this you have is, an IMDb page that people can go look at that, and then people can go watch your zombie have movie a, in the Star Trek. I have an email address. I have right. a phone. Right. Right. I mean, you, I have an you address. You have a mailbox. I have a mailbox. <laughs> I have all those things that you know. 
people, the Pony Express people, is available. People think is there's no way to contact you anymore. I, here's a story. Uh, dear, dear friends of mine, yep. including Ken Daly, right. uh, that I've known since college days, mm-hmm. had a little get-together, a little breakfast reunion mm-hmm. with a lot of people who had not seen each other for years. Right. I'm sitting here in my house doing nothing, mm-hmm. and I get a text from Ken Daly saying, um, uh, "Every uh, sorry you can't be here, uh, you're missed, or everyone misses you. Yeah. To which I responded with my text message, what in the hell are you talking where about? Where are you? I have no what idea what happening? you're talking about. And he proceeds to tell me that there's a reunion of all of this group of friends um, having breakfast uh, at a restaurant about five minutes from my home. To which I respond, well, why am I not there? I mean, right. I don't understand. Why? I don't know. I knew nothing of this. Right. I'm just saying. And there. is anyone still there? Because I'm now going to get in my car and yeah. drive five minutes and see you. Yeah. So I did. Some of the people had already left. Right. And I get there. Um, and the lovely girl, who I've known since high school, who organized it, yeah. looked at me and in all seriousness said, but Brian, you're not on Facebook. And I was like, yeah, because there's no other way to get a hold yeah, of me. Exactly. I mean, that's the only way you could possibly. Oh. So I'm a little, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't like getting messages on Facebook. Yeah. I will say this just because my email address is available, A, on Facebook. If you go to the info page, it yeah. says, what is her email address? And it says, com. But I am so attain, like, I'm in the book. Oh, me too. I'm, I'm like, there's, there's, it is an attainable goal to get a hold of you. People me. are like, oh, how do I get a hold of you? I'm like, why don't you call information? Right. Why don't you? And my give mother my name. didn't call me one time because uh, she didn't have my phone number, and I was like, "We're related to at least ten people who have my phone number. <laughs> Feel free to call someone else." Yeah. So I don't. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm. I'm. So we'll go IMDb. I feel like I'm being forced to get a Facebook page because everyone is so incensed. Just wait for Google Plus. They're just man. so incensed wait, wait that I don't Google have a Facebook Plus. page. But I have, a, I, you know, here I'm very social. I have mm-hmm. a lot of friends. Yeah. I have a lovely life. I do a lot of interesting, fun things. I, I, you don't need I two have, hours in front have, of the computer on a Facebook. No, and I have no desire to yeah. let everyone know what <laughs> I've done. Right. I mean, if I see someone for coffee or yep. dinner and they go, "What have you been up to?" Then I can tell them, mm-hmm. as opposed to them going, oh, I was looking at your Facebook updates and the photos you... I see you went to roller derby. The other yeah, night. and I see Fantastic. that you... you. I mean, I don't even know what any of that means. Right. I mean, it's like I looked at your wall and then they, we <laughs> did this and it, I, I don't know. I don't know what any of it means. And I find it all a huge, huge invasion of privacy, even mm-hmm. though I'm not a particularly private person. I just find it all very strange. <laughs> I like that. Because yeah, I'm not particularly private either, no. but I'm just like, you don't need to... Uh, it's not a blow-by-blow blow how many cups of coffee I drink no, a day No, I Twitter. don't want everyone to know. I love yeah. it. I spent a lovely day yesterday with two friends at LACMA at the L.A. Yeah. County Museum of Art. Right. Another good reason to live in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. Went to a great exhibit. And, Which exhibit? Um, uh, the Living in the Modern Way. Okay. California design of okay. these, you know, 40s, 50s, and 60s. A thing I'm into. So okay. I enjoyed that. Um, and then we went to some of the other exhibit yeah. halls and looked at some great Andy Warhols and some Neat. Monets and some Kuntz and I mean, some great the Kuntz stuff. thing. I just saw that yeah. for the first time. Didn't Very know anything cool. about that with the with the with the aluminum, but it looks yeah. like a toy. Yeah, the big That's ba- awesome. Yeah, balloon dog. Balloon and, dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so um, that was a lovely day. Yeah, I'm sure over the next week or two, when people are having casual conversation with me, I'll bring up the really cool exhibit I went to at LACMA. Yeah. If I came home last night. And posted photos of what I had seen. Right. I don't know. There's, I, I have no interest in doing that. Fair enough. So anyway, Speak I don't have your a, guns. I don't have a Facebook page. And Peck. also, I go to these conventions yep. throughout the year. Oh, do you? 
I do. I go to a lot of horror conventions. Okay. With my fellow castmates from Return of the Living Dead. Oh, you do the panel kind of thing? I do. We, you know, we've become, this movie is, uh, this movie is 27 years old. Wow. I, I remind you. Um, and in the last five to six years, it has attained a cult status. Yeah. That is truly, truly, truly beyond my comprehension. Right. Um, I'm extremely flattered. Right. And, and, and thrilled by it. And, yeah. and the fact that we have this opportunity to fly to different cities around the country. And then meet people who And love meet the movie. fans and sign yeah. autographs and stuff. And, and I would be lying if I didn't say that they, you know, paid us to sign these autographs. Yeah, yeah. These lovely, generous people. Yeah. And it, you know, helps me pay my mortgage. Right. Again um, with the bills. Everybody. Again with the bills. Yeah. So, but I love meeting these people and they're really cool. And some of these fans are so voracious and dedicated and, and I mean, to the point where they have, you know, our characters tattooed on their body. And <laughs> I mean, I've had to learn to just accept it and be flattered and gracious yep. because my first reaction was I was so confused by mm-hmm. the adulation for the film yeah. that I think I found myself trying to talk people out of liking it. I'd go, really? Are you nuts? Why do you like this movie <laughs> so much? Don't do it. Don't really? do it. Do you, now, you've seen some really good movies, right? Right. Anyway, um, so, uh, and now I've come full circle because everyone is so great about it yeah. and they're so into it. And they're and, into and, it like you're into well, this. Well, this is what I'm saying. I'm yeah. like, who am I the guy to question their love for Return of the Living Dead? I have a frickin' Planet of the Apes museum in my house. Yes. It's not like I'm normal. No. So, anyway, wow, you said that so quickly. Well, none of us are. And, uh, uh, but I, but I, my whole thing <laughs> is you got to own your dorkdom and make it work for oh, you. Oh, totally. And this is fantastic. You realize it's been an hour. Oh, my. Well, I'm sure. I, yes. We're going to have you back, and we're going to talk about horror films. It'll be good. Maybe I'll have you on with Ken. Oh, please. And, uh, uh, we can definitely talk about horror films. Maybe next Halloween, because uh, every Halloween I might have Ken and somebody else who he knows who's Perfect. really into Halloween. Perfect. Uh, I would like a picture with the lawgiver. How do you feel about that? Oh, I think that's a good idea. That's I think fantastic. everyone should have a picture with the lawgiver. Oh, my God. It's so good. He's He's so wise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I encourage anyone listening to this who has not seen the original Planet of the Ape films uh, to rent them and watch them. Mm-hmm. They're available on, on beautiful Blu-ray editions. Yes. Um, if you perhaps saw the new Rise of the Planet of the Apes, which I was very happy pleased about. With. Very pleased. pleased. All right. Not pleased with the Tim Burton film in 2001. Right. Very pleased with the Rise of the Planet of the Apes. This one looked great. It was good. Yeah. It was very good. God bless him for I, doing it was, it. It was playing on the airplane I was on, and I didn't oh, have any okay. headphones. Oh. But it looked great. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, they were, um, they did a great job, and, um, and us, us, uh, ape geeks were, uh, happy. And I look forward to an, to another yeah. one. Okay. But anyway, so I'd encourage James anyone. James Franco, right? James Franco. Okay. I would encourage anyone to, uh, to... To see all of those. To see all of those and rent the new film when it comes out next month on DVD. And since we were talking about Return of the Living Dead, yeah. there is this uh, brand new documentary that came out. A full-length, two-full-hour documentary on the making of Return of the Living Dead called More Brains, <laughs> A Return to the Living Dead. Wow. Last week, uh, Entertainment Weekly chose us as the must-have DVD of the week, which that's was awesome. very kind of them. That's great. So that's another thing if people like and have you seen it? Dead. I've seen it and it's and it's great. And it's I'm so and great. I'm so happy. They interviewed all of us for yeah. the film, and they managed to get everybody, like every living cast member and pe- person. So it's very definitive. Okay. And and then if that two hours of that isn't enough. Then there are special features that are an additional two hours. So you All can, right. re- if you're into Return of the Living Dead, you can really dork out. Yeah. And that's on, uh, 
the website getmorebrains.com. All right, getmorebrains.com. Now, uh, I'm sorry, it's been over an hour. I have one more question for you. Oh, yes, yes. (laughs) The Walking Dead. Oh, yes, The Walking Walking Dead. Dead? I have. Uh, Did you read them? I did not read the comic books. No, I did not read the comic books. I read the first series, and then it got a little repetitive for me, but I liked it. Okay. But zombies get a little repetitive, only because uh, they're always interested in brains. Absolutely. And uh, you're always interested (laughs) in getting away. But uh, but are you enjoying this third season? By the way, they were not, you know, zombies were not uh, interested in brains until Return of the Living Dead. Oh. That's one of the things I take um, great uh, pleasure in that I was in the film that that established the, the... the zombies wanting brains. The needing of brains. Thing. Um, I yes, no. I I've actually really been. I've been watching the Walking Dead television series, um, and I really enjoy it. I have to tell you, you know, it's uh, some people accuse it of being a little slow or okay. a little repetitive or not enough happens or whatever that may be. Right. Um, I just may be uh, dumb, but shows like Lost or shows yeah. that are really really dense. Yep. And that you really have to pay attention to mm-hmm. and. Um, and that, like, if you miss an episode, you're yeah. completely and utterly lost for all eternity. Right. I have to say, I have trouble with those shows. I am, um, and and I don't, I don't discount their quality. And right. I'm glad there's people who li- who like them. Sure. I um, I I I just you like really- it to sort of. You can jump in if you need to. And- yeah, exactly. And and that sounds like I'm ragging on Walking Dead, making it sound like it's you know simplistic. And that's not the case. It's a very it's a high. I don't, co- I don't think so. I think that it it might also be slow just because that's the pace of the story. Well, that's what I feel like. And yeah. so I sort of am really enjoying it because it's a real character study, and I like the pace of the show. I mean, you know, at the moment okay. they found themselves with that other group of people at that ranch house, and I have to say, <laughs> I probably initially thought they would spend like maybe maybe one episode with them and move on. Right. And we're on to like the third, fourth episode that they're hanging out there. So I'm kind of liking the deliberate pace and the fact that they're taking it kind of slow. Um, cool. And uh, and it's really gross, which is kind of fun. And on that note, I'm going to call it because uh, this has been awesome. I'll have you back. Brian Peck, you're amazing. Take a picture of the lawgiver. Hi. I wandered around his house and didn't get to do the credits, so let me say them. You know Patrick Brady fixes the audio. He's doing a great job on this one because there was a lot of windy, poppy kind of I'm laughing and wandering around the man's house. Wasn't he charming? It's awesome. Anyway, uh, Vilmos fixes the website, of course. Mike Rickberg sang the song at the beginning. He's going to sing when I'm done talking. It's going to be exciting. And the donation button. It's December. Don't donate to the Dork Forest this month. Please donate to your local food bank. Feel free to go to feedingamerica.org, putting in your state, and it should get you the closest food bank to your house. Or you can just Google food bank, whatever town you live in, Baltimore. You know what I'm saying? Thanks for tuning in. I hope everybody has a great holiday. Take care. Bye. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. My hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. We, why don't we just call that as the end of the show?